Hello, I'm George Abernathy, the proud president of FreightWaves, and I'm really proud today as we're presenting the Enter Enterprise Fleet Virtual Summit. This is our keynote, and I'm thrilled that Andrew Letter is going to be joining us today. Andrew, thanks for doing this. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. So many of you know Andrew from his founding of Global Trans and then founding of uh, 10.4 and the successful evolutions of those businesses after him being there, and now uh, finding and being the founder and CEO of Emerge. But part of the reason that we wanted to talk with Andrew today was the investment recently that led to him being a board member and a primary investor over at Roadrunner, a name that many folks in the industry have known for a long time. They've read recently about some of the challenges that the business has had. And to see somebody with the background, the knowledge, the experience, the capabilities of an Andrew Leto making that kind of investment is really an interesting thing. So, you know, Andrew's never shy on opinions and uh, and, and his thoughts. So I'm really excited to be able to to, to have, the, uh, have the chance to talk. So, Andrew, let's just jump right into it from there. Um, while being the you know the CEO and founder of Emerge, you were recently the lead investor in a fifty million dollar placement, ten million dollars of your own money, into Roadrunner. What were the main drivers that led you to investing ten million dollars of your own money into an LTL carrier? And when I say carrier, I'm going to put up air quotes because when we're talking about enterprise. It's not you. It's not your dad's Oldsmobile anymore. Enterprise fleets aren't just people running their own company drivers. Enterprises and enterprise fleets come in very interesting ways. So why did why did Andrew Letter get involved with Roadrunner in such a significant way? Well, yeah, that, you know, I got a few calls, George, after that, and like people would say, you know, I, you're a broker. You, you built a brokerage company, and and uh, you're new tech. You're a tech guy. Why are you investing in a trucking company? And I say, it's not really to me. Roadrunner was never a trucking company. It's a uh, it's technology moving trucks. And instead of having one uh, being actually, I, you know, broker typically you have one one transaction. You have a, a truckload carrier. You broker that. Um, but Roadrunner has three really three transactions in it. It's a pickup. Uh, line haul and the delivery and it's so instead of brokering one load you're brokering three now it does have ic's independent you know independent contractors and um but it's not a trucking company in my opinion it's a it's more of a it's it's a company that does it, it serves a great purpose which is consolidation of ltl uh and low and then and then moving it through uh more of a uh instead of quick uh getting it there in two three days how about you could save some money, wait a little longer, maybe one, and it's not much longer, it's one or two days longer in the LTL business uh, to get your product there. And you're going to save 20, 30% because you don't have all the line haul. You're skipping, uh, like in, in a parcel you call it zone skipping. You're skipping, you know, if you're moving a, a shipment with Roadrunner from LA to Chicago, it's not hitting a, any terminals on the way. It's typically going from LA to Chicago on a, on a, on a IC or, or a purchase transportation they have. Um, that they go out and find through technology. And that's the reason why I invest in it. That's, I know that for my days at Global Trans, it was one of our top carriers in our system. Um, I know their strengths, their weaknesses. And right now, we're, there's not a better time, honestly, to be in the LTL business as a carrier uh, 
capacity is super tight. Um, to it's actually not great for shippers. Now everybody's got 10, 20% rate increases right now. Um, hopefully that, you know, more trucks are put in the system. Um, but everybody's raising, you know, it's just a very tight truckload market, which then makes it even a tighter LTL market because a lot of truckload then sometimes moves the LTL. And uh, it's, to me, it's, uh, it wasn't a trucking company. So I, when I say uh, Roadrunner, it's, it's really just, it's, it's brokering three trucks versus one. Which, which then provides uh, what might be a Leto um, uh, um, help here. Three transactions instead of one means the technology is critically important. And uh, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but at Global Trans and obviously 10.4 with the visibility that you're doing and now with the Emerge platform, technology really is what you've done on the that maybe that one transaction side. So, so explain how technology is going to be a differentiator as you guys deal with the three transactions that uh, that you're that you're doing at Roadrunner. Well, what I, I remember the biggest problem I, at Roadrunner why shippers would shy away from it was the fact that they wouldn't. And it's a very simple fix: publish the right transit time. So, if you're going to be there in five days, be there in five days. If it's actually seven, publish seven. Now, you're not going to lose much business because the shipper is going to give you the freight because they want to get the savings. They don't need it there that quick as a FedEx or, or a, a, an XPO is going to get it there. And it's going to take a couple extra days, but at least publish the correct date. Uh, and then make sure that you hit those dates. If, you're, if it's seven days, get there in seven. You got to get there in eight, then call it eight. And even if, you're, even if it's only 10% of the time, because that you have to be, you just have to, Commit to what you're publishing, and uh, I think we're doing a way better job of that now. I mean, that's one of the reasons I invested. I said, "Are you?" And that was a big change they made last year. And a lot of shippers uh, kind of, and I noticed Roadrunner's revenue hasn't rate gone up in the last three years, which most LTL carriers have done great. I mean, look at Old Dominion, uh, all the every Saya, everybody's growing except Roadrunner, and the reason why is because they weren't publishing. Honestly, one of the biggest reasons why shippers would say we, we don't want to use Roadrunner is because on, on their scorecard of Roadrunner, it's, it would be poor because it, would, it wasn't getting there on the published transit days. And shippers look at their scorecard. It's, it's how they judge a company, company mostly on on-time percentage So in the LTL world. So if you're on, if you're on time, or at least just publish the dates that you're going to be there in uh, and stick to it versus trying to flip it by and saying, hey, we're five days in this lane. And then you're, you're even only 10% of the time, you're missing that five-day mark. You've got to publish the right transit time. So that's why I made this investment because we're starting to do that now really well. So we had, But now it's all about reintroducing ourselves to the shippers because a lot of shippers took their business away from a roadrunner. But what's great is now they need a LTL consolidation or a, a, a company like Roadrunner to, to lower. I mean, the rates are going through the roof in LTL. Uh, rates are up 10, 15% in the last year. And if you're a shipper that didn't get a rate increase, you know, a lot of shippers will say, well, I didn't get a rate increase. Well, then you probably weren't, you're probably, we're paying more than you should have at that point. Cause everybody, if you're, if you're getting the best rates a year ago, you probably would have got a rate increase by now. So I think, I hope that my investment in Roadrunner, um, I'm going to put a lot of, I'm putting a lot of emphasis in technology. We have a great team there that is, uh, doing that. I made sure of that. And also the fact that if anybody remembers Roadrunner, there was a bunch of crazy companies thrown together, like a grocery warehouse, 
Uh, Roadrunner used to be a grocery, had a grocery warehouse distribution business, had a, uh, a brokerage, had a true truckload brokerage. It had a, uh, another company that was an expedited uh, marketplace, but none of it. And then a regional LTL care. And all these companies were thrown together by this private equity company 15 years ago. And a lot of us in the industry would shake our heads like, why would Roadrunner, Roadrunner buy this company? And why would they buy that company? It was really just poorly executed. Um, so we're changing that. And now it's just the LTL company. It's just purely the LTL. Uh, so this company, the team could finally focus on that, which is what they're, what they were good at. Uh, Roadrunner used to be Roadrunner, Dawes, and this company called Bullet. All thrown, it was put together. And they then just lost their way for about 15 years. And now it's, it's uh, just the LTL company, which is so much easier to manage. It, it, as you as you talk about that, it, it, it's fascinating because when you think of other companies that were put together more successfully, like an XPO, and they've um, had such great success in their LTL uh, provision, still having an asset part of it, evolving from what would have been traditionally defined as an enterprise LTL provider, plus all those other pieces, like you said, that were put together now has evolved to where, you know, it really is 2021 and beyond where technology is making that asset light or non-asset um, um, provision really the way that we're going in so many different ways with, with the digitization, uh, although I hate the phraseology, but the di digitization of brokerage now moving into LTL as it has so significantly done in in brokerage. So you talked about the team, Andrew. I'm really interested. You've got some really strong folks, and you're right. Um, for a while, over the last number of years, Roadrunner was not a name where you would expect to be able to recruit the kind of names or the kind of partners that you have that are going to help run the business and David Ross or help be on the board or as an advisor and a Kevin Shuba. How how did that all evolve? How did how did the the evolution of Roadrunner, the challenged Roadrunner, end up yielding such a strong team? Uh, yeah. So the first thing I look at when I invest in a company or I, or I build a company is the team. The idea is obviously the first step, but that's the execution is the most important thing. So I actually called David Ross, uh, which is awesome. We got him. Um, apologize to Stiefel for doing that, but. You know, David knows how LTL companies are valued. You know, how, what's, what is Wall Street, you know, what, what makes them valuable? He, he covers it. He's covered them for years. Um, so him transitioning into that role of now, now he's helping us, you know, troop, you know, get Roadrunner back to where it used to be. We're operating at a 90 OR. We're not there yet. We're, we're, we have a ways to go, but he knows exactly, you know, how does, how is Old Dominion the most valuable LTL care? What did they focus on? And, you know, he knows all those, all those aspects, you know, they, they focus on heavier weight shipments, um, <clears throat> you know, certain ways there's, there's certain attributes that make an LTL carrier valuable. So I brought David, I called David up and thought he would be great for, to help us build that. Um, and then this company, Elliot, so the reason I got involved is Elliot called me, Elliot, um, a private equity, the private equity firm that's involved there. They called me up and saw that I was the number three, Global Trans is the third largest customer and when they called me up, the first thing I asked, uh, asked him, because he said, would you like to be involved? And I said, are all the crazy companies that Roadrunner purchased over the last 10 years, 15 years, that didn't make sense to the LTL part of it, are those gone? And is that debt erased? 
or mostly erased? And he said, yes, we actually sold all, all, the, all the assets that were not essential to the LTL side of the business, which was what Roadrunner started as. And then this private equity group for 10 years, you know, the last 15 years before now was putting all these crazy companies involved. And now this management team at Roadrunner had to worry about, a, you know, all these different entities, a brokerage, a grocery warehouse. Now that we could just focus on LTL. And that's, to me, it's all about focus. There hasn't been, and you could argue XPO, you know, putting together a bunch of companies in our industry and trying to make it worth a lot, you know, better than their, their individual parts really has never worked. And you could even argue that for XPO, it's, it's still a struggle. I mean, XPO has done probably the best job of it. Um, Brad Jacobs, it, but, you know, Brad Jacobs to me is a, a group one of the, is a great private equity guy that understands like, but he's actually just doing it just in one industry and he's doing it through XPO. Um, and he knows how to raise money and knows how to put it all together better than anybody. But no one else has really done that well, put a bunch of companies together and made it work. Roadrunner is a good example of that, what you should not do if you're, if you're thinking about that. But I like, I like where LTL, <clears throat> where they're at now is great because the team's there and, and just it's the focus can be there. Absolutely. So let me uh, spin a little bit here. You know, Freightways was one of the uh, first entities to report this and really dig into the reporting around Roadrunner and give the detail around. But the headline of Andrew Leto and $50 million total going in is is really an interesting story for those of us who are, you know, so deeply ingrained in in, in this industry. Because... Wait a minute, I know Andrew Leto. Andrew Leto is helping to and running Emerge. He's got a full-time gig. So describe to me how this, and you and I talked a little bit about it before, how COVID and the way that doing business, I think this is really fascinating and will be fascinating for folks to to, to watch, how the the way that business and doing business has evolved that's allowed you to do not only your day job of Emerge, but this Roadrunner uh, investment and board membership and, and the other things that you're able to do now. Yeah, before uh, COVID, I could not do this. I, I, I really, I made a $10 million investment in tobacco. And we've also, I've, I'm still, I sit on boards of other companies that I invested in, in this industry and, as well as others. And I couldn't have done this roadrunner without with before you know a year and a half ago while still trying to build global uh, sorry emerge right sometimes um, so I'm building emerge now um, but I, I couldn't do this without what you know being able to do everything through you know you don't have to be at four board meetings you know a year and a half ago you'd have to go to four board meetings I'm in person if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in something and sit on the board um, also building emerge I you know a year and a half ago I'd have to go. Out anytime we got a new customer of a large that, that was that was a larger shipper, I'd have to go out there, fly out there, uh, spend a whole day traveling, and it, it was just it's just the the part of running a, a startup. You have to go out and meet the people that you're you're going to do business with, and that's not the case anymore, which has enabled me to, to to do more. I guess if there's any good that came out of for me um, is that I'm able to invest in more companies and do more than I could have before COVID. But yeah, it's uh, it's the it's one of the only good parts I think of, of for me that uh, of what what's happened because I can do this. I could I could actually do a Zoom call. I could uh, I could act, I could help Roadrunner by just with with the uh, with technology and and getting on Zoom calls, communicate 
you know, that kind of communication. It's much, it's, I couldn't do this without it. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So let's not just look in the crystal ball, Andrew, but you, you know, clearly are putting in and, and helping to move the new Roadrunner uh, asset light or non-asset model forward in, you know, as one of the ways that enterprises are going to be managed going forward. So I'm sure you already have something uh, in mind, but what will define success? What metrics do you look at? Because I know you, I talk to you, you and I share a love of non-assets on the truckload side. We know what defines success over there. When margins increase, when productivity increase, you know, we know how that happens. On the LTL side and in, in the specific circumstance of Roadrunner, do you already know that, you know, what will define success two years, three years from now and what those metrics are that you're watching to, to, to help make that success happen? Yeah, the, the, the biggest problem in the LTL business, and I've always said this, is the fact that supply and demand doesn't matter in, in regards to pricing. So when you go to a, a large shipper and you're an LTL carrier, um, and that's what's hurting, I mean, it, also for brokers and, and truck and the truckload side and the carriers in the truckload side, you have to give a rate and you got to stick by it for a whole year. It doesn't, and, and if, the, if, you're, if, supply, if supply goes lower, uh, and the demand gets higher, which ha it happens in LTL, uh, you can, it's very hard to go to a shipper and, and say, hey, I need a rate increase right now. Um, so if you don't get ahead of that, you could just lose, you know, you gave that rate out before you knew that trucking truckload line haul was going to go up 30%, you know? So right now, the good news is for a company like Roadrunner is that everybody's giving rate increases. So you don't look as bad when you're going to the customer and saying, Hey, I got to get a rate increase because, you know, it's costing me 30 to 40% more to, for, for the line haul that I didn't expect to pay. I thought I could. And then obviously the, the demand goes up, the supply gets less and you're, you, you know, that's why shippers are seeing on, on average in LTL right now, 15% increase, 10 to 15% increase over last year. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's about, to me, it's about getting ahead of pricing, um, being able to dynamically change your rates with shippers. And it's, that's the biggest problem in LTL. It's not like the airline industry where you go on priceline.com and the, if, if the, if like back when air, airlines used to have a lot of demand. They don't now, but when they had a lot of demand, the price would go higher the next week. And it's not like that in trucking. And I think uh, it, it's not going to change overnight. Shippers don't want to move to dynamic prices for that reason. They, they kind of like the fact that they get to, hey, this is my rate. I get to go to my CFO and say, this is what I'm going to pay an LTL for this year because I got my prices fixed. But that's not the case in trucking. And that's the biggest problem in all trucking is that um, – we live in an environment uh, in the truckload space and the LTL space that you have to stick by those rates. And, you know, there's a lot of companies like on the truckload side, the broker side, uh, Convoy's doing that, uh, that guaranteed primary for that reason, because they know like, hey, listen, we don't believe in, and a lot of people are arguing that, hey, truckload rates, the pricing for truckload is, is, uh, is moving from static to dynamic, but shippers are going to fight that. And the biggest shippers are going to fight that. They don't, they don't want the, they don't want to go to dynamic rates for the reason of, hey, listen, I don't. We want to know our. We got to know our budget for the year. We have a budget for trucking. We've we've set our prices with the retailer. We've set our prices for the product, and here's our budget for truck for for transportation. And you know, right now, it's. I think it's the hardest part about being in the trucking industry and being on the trucking side. 
The good news is that it's the tightest truckload capacity, truckload and LTL capacity ever. So if you're in the truckload or uh, LTL business, you're making, I mean, it's the most profitable ever been for LTL. Uh, you know, companies that used to that you would, like an old Dominion was operating at 80. Now they're even getting in the 70s, um, which is crazy. I mean, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they would be happy to operate at a 90. So it's getting tighter and tighter. And the problem in LTL is that there's not, there's only 12 carriers, 10 carriers that run majority of the business in the United States. So if they don't increase supply, it's almost like OPEC, you know, like, you know, they don't get together and say, let's, you know, they can't. Um, but it's, if it's not like they're, you know, I don't see it getting any looser anytime soon. I mean, it's, so it's, it's a good time to, and that's why I invested in Roadrunner, but I think, uh, pricing is, is just the stat, the whole idea of static rates. And fixed rates is the hardest part about being a trucking and being a, a, on the trucking side of the business. So you got to get ahead of that. So that's what I'm working on right now is how do we get ahead, uh, you know, to know our that our prices are going to go up as far as our line haul costs. And uh, how do we get ahead of that? And then price that, even though we gave the shipper a certain rate, how do we price it? You know, can we go to them twice in six months? You know, it's hard to do. You, that's how you lose a customer. Um, but everybody's having to do it. A lot of ship, a lot of LTL carriers are going to their shippers and saying, "We got to raise the rates." So it's it's all to me. It's about pricing. And even though you're in this static environment, you you got to be ahead of it. You got to price yourself uh, correctly and and do it without pissing the customers off. Uh, but it's it's that's the hardest part. But the good news is everybody has to play in it. All the other competitors have to play in that environment. They got to price in the same way. So. Yeah, it's just crazy. I, I think <clears throat> I don't think we're going to move anytime soon to a dynamic LTL environment where shippers go out and then today are going to get their rate from FedEx, UPS, Sky, uh, Old Dominion, and then they're going to get a different rate from yesterday. That's that's not going to happen in the next. Day. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Actually, it's going to be very hard to get the shippers to switch from here's your tariff, right? And you thank you versus it, it, it's just it's not even happening right now. In my opinion, maybe for the smallest shippers, but not the bigger. Yeah. So, so I'm uh, gonna have to sort of tie a bow on this, but let me ask you something sort of Leto centric. Um, you talk a lot about uh, the people being the differentiators in the businesses that you've created um, and built, and then sold, and then created more. So. Roadrunner's got to be a particular challenge in so many different ways of getting people who knew of it from back when it was challenged, for lack of a better way to describe it. You know, whether those are people who are you're, you're trying to get to haul the freight, you're trying to get to, you know, move the freight uh, in within the building to sell it, to be the executives. How do you? And this is this is a great way to do it. It's a great way to get the uh, the message out. How are how are you looking to and and you and the team looking to get that message out that you know Roadrunner is a different company now. It's a different company for customers to be thinking about. How you, how are you thinking about getting that message out? Yeah. So the the hardest part about getting the message out in our industry is the is that shippers don't typically buy off advertising. Um, you could get the message out kind of that way, you know, but it's not like I, I don't think 
I could say all day long that shippers should be saving, you know, every shipper should be looking at a roadrunner, roadrunner right now to save money. You know, you could save 20 to 30% if you just wait an extra day or two. And sometimes we're the same transit day as, as the premium carriers. But you have to still have someone go knock on that door and sell that shipper. Otherwise, uh, you know, they're not going to do it. And it's just, so you have to have an enterprise sales team. It's very important in our, in our industry to have someone that actually go, goes presents your, you know, hey, reconsider Roadrunner again. You know, so, you know, Freightways is the best way to get your message out in our industry now, which you guys have done a great job of creating the behemoth uh, that we needed. But still, you can't advertise your way to success in a, for any of uh, anything we do. You have to go. Uh, there's in my this is how I look at it. There's 250,000 roughly companies that buy freight services in the United States. And, you know, there's that means there's 250,000 decision makers. But when in this big of a country, so you can't, that's why you've never seen an advertising on the Super Bowl by, you know, no one ever advertises in the trucking business. And there's a reason for that. You know, when you have 250,000 buyers, you got to go talk to them. They're getting solicited all day long. They don't buy off of uh, advertising. It, it might help get you, you know, get your message out, but you still have to, you still have to have a person, an enterprise sales rep or a sales team uh, to, to get the message out. So that's what we're, we're definitely focusing on. How do we go re re-engage our the large shippers that we used to have and say, hey, this is a new roadrunner. It's a focused roadrunner. And we've got we we're sticking to what we say we're gonna do in the transit days. Um so getting that message out there is definitely a challenge, but you know, it can be done. Well, I've got a I've got a I'm putting the hook on me, so I'm gonna have to uh, to bring this to a close. And I think it's absolutely a perfect way to kick off and keynote the Enterprise Fleet Summit to talk about how those fleets have evolved and how they're going to continue to evolve. And what we would have thought of five or 10 years ago is very, very different today and in all likelihood, as you described with what's going on with, with Roadrunner and Emerge and all of your interests are, are, really, are really evolving dramatically and very fast. So Andrew Leto, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it, my friend. Take care. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Much appreciated, everybody. Have a great Enterprise, Enterprise Fleet Summit. I'm George Abernathy. Be well.